0: I talk to a lot of music producers and a lot of artists and I break, I like purposely break their strategies. I try Mm to, right? Because it makes no sense for me to be like kid gloves with your strategy if it's wrong. I want to break it and show you, look, it's broken because it was easily broken. If I can't break it, then I have nothing but, you know what I mean, go go ahead and then nothing but like praise for you. But usually it's people just kind of They have emotional attachment to whatever they do. They end Mm -hmm. up basically like going on this whole like safari of trying to place their ads and end up, you know, realizing that they're not doing the right thing, they're not targeting the right people. And again While all that's happening, Facebook's charging you. They don't care whether or not you get who you get.
1: Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Today, I'm chopping it up with my guy, Brennan Lunen. Uh I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Brennan. Like, this dude does like everything literally so he's a new media specialist at north american entertainment group he's working and producing major comedy tours with mike epps martin lawrence cat williams some more if i'm pronouncing that correct bruce bruce and earthquake he's also the owner of eq productions which is a music production company with credits such as espn bmw mtv and oxygen network he also owns eq media company which is a company that does marketing advertising and design and he's also a music business consultant digital marketer and educator helping producers and artists develop and execute a marketing strategy to help grow their music careers He comes from a family of parents who are both classical symphony orchestra musicians and music teachers. And he also has a degree in music production and business from full sale. Man, what don't you do, Brennan? What's good, man? I'm not a great cook. Uh, (laughs) I... I would keep busy,
0: man. I, I, it's one of those things, if I don't keep busy, I'll just, you know, I'll end up doing something silly. So I just, I try to stay focused and try to stay busy.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: spread I the love. You
1: know? Exactly, exactly. So how did you get started in, in marketing and in music production and how did how did it, it all kind of tie together? Like how, how'd you get your foot in the door with that? So the music production came
0: first Um, Back in high school A buddy of mine A buddy of mine and I just basically sat in his basement And he had like a little I wouldn't call it a studio Like a little jam room He had a a drum set He had like i I can't remember what keyboard It was like like a One of the first Non-speaker having keyboards I've really ever like messed with I can't remember what it was But anywho you know, he had like a little four track, and so we started out kind of doing, you know, video game music. So we like kind of started remaking Zelda music and Castlevania. And this is like going back in like 97, 96, somewhere around that time. Gotcha. High school age, you know. And so uh, uh, one of our other friends kind of came through and was like, why don't you guys make beats? And we we're like, why don't we? And then we kind of just started making beats. And then, you know, because we were both pretty talented, not to toot my own horn, but, uh, yeah, you know, so we were pretty talented. Other people started noticing, and, and we started getting requests for, you know, these kind of no-name labels, and people try to sign us to these crazy deals, and we were just like, you know, no thanks, and we kind of kept it moving. Um, Brian ended up going, he, he ended up, uh, buddy my Brian, the kid I was telling you about, he basically ended up going and doing his own thing, um, and he ended up moving away. So I just kept on. I kept making, you know, I kept making tracks, and this was kind of going before, the huge proliferation of um, home studios. So there wasn't that much equipment out there. People didn't know how to use it. So we were making good bucks back in the day. And you know? I was selling a lot of beats. Yeah. Things were, you know, you, you're you the same age. You understand. Yeah. And so um, that ended up leading into me working with you know artists. And of course, artists need marketing. And I was like, huh. And having like 10 plus years of sales experience and management experience. I used to sell cell phones, cars. I mean, you name it, I sold it. And um yeah, I knew how to actually do the, the 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 sales end of it and I figured, well, you know, if you could do sales, marketing isn't that much far off. So I started dabbling around in marketing and at the time I actually was working uh for one of my roommates, uh, Mark Myrick, who is the creative director at Digital Surgeons, which is a pretty huge uh they're like a they're a digital marketing company working with like mega brands like guest watches and you know. And they actually just opened a new um uh, kind of like a tech hub in New Haven, Connecticut called The District. So it's, it's just, it's kind of blooming into its own big thing. So I was affiliated with them for a while and I learned a lot from Mark and from all the guys there and, you know, started doing on my own, started doing websites, graphics, you know, flyers. Yeah, people need stuff, you know, so I'm like, I can't say no. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting myself in these situations where I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And I'm like, oh, I don't really know how to do that. All right, figure it out. <laughs> And I'd
1: figure it out and I would get it done and they would be happy and I'd get paid. So. Dope, dope. Yeah. That's what's up, man. That's, um,. Uh, it's a, it's 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 dope, and, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the channel because it's dope to see somebody who who started in music production uh, with that type of background and then kind of really get heavy and into the marketing side of things because you know you you see it every day, man. As far as the music industry and, and creatives, that's like one of our our biggest uh, problem areas is is properly marketing music and things like that. So. So what is like, What does your day to day look like as far as like the campaigns that you work on? Like, do you have like a routine or is it literally just different every day depending on, you know, what you're marketing or who you're marketing for? Um, when, so like my day job at North American is kind
0: of pretty hectic. And, you know, we do about 180 shows a year. Now, this is. Wow. Yeah, this is in between, um, you know, in between comedy. Uh, we also do some, you know, soul, some blues, we also do, um, r and stuff, like, we've worked with everybody from 112 and, like, you know, all those, I would say 90s to, like, late, uh, middle 2000s, you know what I mean? So anybody, like, mm-hmm. we work with Mace, Tank... Um, uh, Layla Hathaway, I know you've you've done some work with her, right? You said you're. Uh, was it no, no, no. It was, not, not Layla, I wish. <laughs> right. She's dope, so, you know, maybe I'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we'll we'll we're, yeah we're doing something with her, um, Life Jennings, and I can't remember who else. There's so many shows. So, anyway, so what happens basically is I come into work and You know, I run a bunch of Facebook ad campaigns. I started dabbling in the Google. It it was just it was a little too much for me at the time, so I kind of ended up backing off of it and just really focusing on the Facebook thing. And you know, I'll I'll come in and I'll, you know, it it all depends on when the show is, obviously. So if the show is really far ahead, you know, we run a certain type of campaign and we want to make sure that we get the word out. We, you know, we reach as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, as the, the the days get closer to the show, we end up. You know, switching gears and starting to like convert a lot of people into buyers, and you know, there there, there's a a strategy we have worked out, so it kind of works pretty well for us, and we always build on it. So it's, you know, and so whenever I get in the office, I mean, there's it's never the same thing. It's always like, okay, you got to do this today. You got to, you know, finish up some graphics for the for the venues for tour. You know, you got to do video edits for like, you know, when they do voice drops and things like that. It's I mean, there's it's never the same thing. That's why I kind of, that's why I love my job.
1: It's always interesting. Yeah, definitely. That's what's up. So I, I hear you mentioned, you know, Facebook and Google ads and things like that. Like what what is your favorite platform to market on? Um, what, what do you think is, is the best from your perspective?
0: Well, so I personally, and I'm not saying like, when I say the best, I mean for me I don't I don't want to okay. sit here and, and you know start arguments in the comment section about you know what works best for who, but for right. me, you know what I mean, for me and for what we do in North American and what I do, my personal stuff, I just find that Facebook you know, converts better right then and there as opposed to like I've, I've done with Google, I've done stuff with Google and, and Google kind of it converts really well, but it's so. You have to really know exactly what your customers are searching for, you know, what channel. So this it's a lot more intensive as far as actually the research goes, which right. is great. It's it's wonderful. But the thing about it is, is that I don't have the time to do all this research and we know who our customer is, Yeah. you know, depending on the act, it's, you know, anybody like we, we basically cater African-American audience. So anybody like Mike Epps, the demo is. You know, 25 to 54, mainly African-American, you know what I mean? And so, like, I know who we—and then there's obviously, like, more to it. But, you know, as far as Google goes, you have to figure out what that demo is searching, what they're interested in. And it just ends up being a little much for, for my schedule because I got so many tasks. Right. So I, f- I find it that Facebook—and because—here's the thing. People spend hours on Facebook, Right. Now a, a lot a lot of people say, well, you know, the audience is getting old, and the younger people aren't really messing with Facebook. Yeah, bullshit. And I only <laughs> say that, and, and I only say that because yes, they might not be on it actively like they're on Snapchat. Yeah. But for the most part, the kind of audience that Facebook caters to every month, it's hard to say that that audience is just your grandparents and your parents. You know what I mean? It's it's us too. It's us, and it's even because now we're having like teenage kids, so it's them too but right. it's not,
1: they're just not as active, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can rule Facebook out, man. Not it's just so yeah. many, so many people using it. So you mentioned something which was, you know, knowing your audience, your, your target audience and, and who you're marketing to specifically. So what if, what if a producer or artist or songwriter, whoever's trying to market um, their music or, or beats or whatever, how do you find like, who that audience is Like where do you start Like if you don't know What they look like If you don't know How old they are Like What's the best way to, to start figuring that out So you can You know Start properly marketing Well
0: so the way Maybe I don't know Maybe it's just me But I like to do Certain things backwards okay. Like understanding Your audience works Better backwards Kind of right to left Instead of left to right Because hmm. it, It's A lot of people Overthink this And a lot of people Kind of over you know, the <laughs> the thing about advertising is it makes you feel smart, and mm-hmm. then people feel like the more in-depth they get, the smarter they are, kind of, so it's more of an ego thing than it is, like, actual, like, aid to your marketing, yes. so, you know, so the people overthink this stuff, or they grossly underthink it, and they're like, oh, I'm just going to target people who like Drake because I make Drake-type beats. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about, like, if, if you really unroll that rug and you start to kind of understand what exactly is going on there, people who target people who like a certain famous artist, for the most part are targeting fans. They're not targeting even music professionals at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if I say I like, you know, I'm going to target people who like Drake, if I'm Drake and I'm putting out Drake stuff, then yeah, it's great. Target people who like me. I, you know, that works. But if I'm a producer and I'm looking to sell beats and my beats are, you know, Drake- you know, type beats, then I might want to do something like I might, you know, use rapping as an interest because the detail targeting now, if if you want to get into the actual like nitty-gritty of it, like I'm more of a fan of custom audiences and lookalikes, and we could get into it a little bit later, but just to touch the detail targeting portion of it, when you detail target in Facebook, which is under the ad set level, so there's three different levels as campaign, ad set, and ad. The ad set level is where you get all your targeting, the demographic, age brackets, all that stuff. And so the detailed targeting falls into the ad set level where you could actually say, Okay, I'm looking for people that have, let's say, rapping in their interests. So they're interested in rapping. So they're more than likely they're gonna be an artist, right? They're more than likely are gonna be interested in the actual art of rapping. As opposed mm-hmm. to like like rappers, as opposed to you know like certain type of you know whatever. So you need to really be specific, because the way I was taught, advertising works better on kind of like you know if I make an analogy, it's 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 more sniper than shotgun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's more you're more targeted into a specific audience, and you fire one shot and kill, as opposed right. to just spray you know buckshots all over the place and hit bystanders and every. Because what happens is when you advertise, you spend money for people to see your ad. If wrong people see your ad, well, then you're blowing your money for nothing. You're not right. getting you're not getting conversions, right? So you want to target people who are actually interested in what you're talking about. And they're also, you know, but then you break it down even further. You put, they call it stacking, where you stack a bunch of, you know, a bunch of interests on top of each other using the exclude or the narrow function so you basically would say i'm looking for people who are rapping and then narrow that audience down by people who like drake mm-hmm. you know what i mean because if you're a rapper and you like drake well chances are i'm selling drake type beats you're going to be able to connect with that and that's going to be more of a uh, a right target for you to, to deal with as opposed to just blindly you know oh i'm just going to target
1: anything drake related you're going to blow your budget i mean that's really all it comes down to yeah, that's dope, man. That's that's good information, and it, it makes sense. Like, you don't think about it, like when you're starting out marketing, but then you hear a marketer say it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right. So that's what's up, man. So so when it comes to like running ads, how long, you know? Because I, I see some people, I mean, even myself personally, I, I mean, I would run an ad for say a week, a couple weeks at a time. And look at the results. Like, how long should you should you run an ad to really get the information that you need to get to start building? You know, going back to when you mentioned custom audiences and lookalike audience, Like, how long sh- do you need to run an ad to get that information? Well, so Facebook has a learning phase, right? Every
0: ad that you run, depending on the um, depending on the objective in your campaign level they have you know, a learning period. So if you're running a conversion ad, which is intended to find people that convert, now it could mm-hmm. be buyers, it could be email subscribers, it could be even video viewers, but you want them to do something. That's a conversion, right? You convert them from viewer to actual participant. And so whatever your conversion, or I'm sorry, whatever your objective is, has its own learning phase. Like conversions have a 50 purchase, if you're doing ticket purchases or whatever. They have a 50 purchase learning phase, meaning that, for the algorithm that the Facebook is running to figure out who the ideal customer for you is, it would take about 50 purchases for them to dial in. You know what I mean? So I if you could get those like in three days, great. You have the learning phase conquered. If you can't get it in months, eh, well, then it's we're going to have a different conversation at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I usually, I'm a fan of like set it and forget it for at least like five days. Got you. Because you can't keep messing with it. What, what happens is every time you touch anything. Now, I think the only thing you could really f- touch and not affect anything is, like, names of the campaigns or the, the ad sets and, what, and, and, and ads. But you can't really go in and say, I want to switch audiences or I want to switch, you know— and I have, you know, I always learn something new. You know, lately I just decided not to bulk everything into one ad set. To kind of break everything up so every audience have their own ad set, and I could see what's going on. But it's important that you select. You know, you, it, first of all, it's important you have the stuff figured out before you start running ads. Like when you run ads, it's not a great time to start figuring things out. <laughs> yeah, you waste I mean? a lot of money that way. Yeah. Great analogy I heard is basically it's like when you go across country, right, the wrong time is to figure out where you have to go is when you're already lost. You know what I mean? So you want to get the map out way before you start driving and you want to make sure you put the you know coordinates in the GPS because I don't know if kids know what the map is, but uh, <laughs> you know, we're a little too old. For, they're these, a little old for maps. Days. Yeah, exactly. they're just GPS. Yeah. Like a so map. What is that? What is it, a map? So they want to basically, um, you'd want people to, to you want to figure this stuff out rather in the beginning, before you get, you know, all into the building of the campaign and you already have your mindset on what you wanna do. I talk to a lot of music producers and a lot of artists and I break, I like purposely break their strategies. I try okay. to, right? Because it makes no sense for me to be like kid gloves with your strategy if it's wrong. I wanna break it and show you, look, it's broken because it was easily broken. If I can't break it, then I have nothing but you know what I mean, go go ahead and then nothing but like praise for you. But usually it's people just kind of they have emotional attachment to whatever they do. They end mm-hmm. up basically like going on this whole like safari of trying to place their ads and end up, you know, realizing that they're not doing the right thing, they're not targeting the right people. And again, while all that's happening Facebook's charging you They don't care whether or not You get who you get Nope they will, they will charge you And so The wrong time to figure out Who, what, when, why, and how Is when you already Click that publish button You know what yeah. I mean? So Definitely. I, I, I would say set it Like you Just to answer your question I would say set it And give it like four days Before you even look at it Because nothing is going to happen Within four days That you're either going to be Super excited about Or super proud of So you <laughs> might as well Just kind of just it's like a fishing rod, you know, you put it in the water and you just let it do its thing. You don't keep touching it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. So um, another super huge platform these days is Instagram. I, I follow you on Instagram. You give a lot of dope tips on there as well. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah, yeah, man. Do you um, do you market on Instagram as well, like as far as like paid ads or more so content? Like what, what's your approach when it comes to Instagram?
0: Well, I mean, so here's the thing. So Facebook owns Instagram. It's well, well, known, you know, well known. It's not like a secret. Mm-hmm. So you could place Instagram ads at the same exact damn time as you're placing Facebook ads. Right. So you could actually, like, what I used to do before I really got into Facebook, like, really, 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 when I used to, when I first started placing ads, I would just click off Instagram as an ad, you know, choice placement, and then it would just place the same exact copy, same image, same whatever, on both platforms. And then I started kind of realizing, kind of soon thereafter, that you can't do that. Because Facebook and Instagram, even though they're same, you know, same ownership, two different types of audiences, two different type of interaction methods, and even the the biggest one is basically Instagram doesn't let you link out unless you use, you know, uh, Linktree or if you do like LinkedIn bios and, you know, all that stuff. So you can't put links on images. It's just gonna look like a hard link without any clickable, you know, clickability and. It's just, but then again, it's different way of messaging and different way of talking to people. Yeah. you know what I mean? So you can't lump everything into the same thing. You could do a campaign and then do one ad set be Facebook and the another ad set be Instagram, and then you could see which one is performing better. And then you could say, okay, Instagram works. you know, obviously you need to give it more data, but you could say, okay, I like Facebook, it works better than Instagram for me.'ve I've ran all these different tests and you know, It seems like Facebook performs better or Instagram performs better, but that's what it is. I mean, you know, you want to advertise on as many platforms as you can, but at the same time, overdoing it means that all your platforms will suffer because you won't give it enough time. You know, you won't give it enough effort on each platform. So um, Instagram is great for visual, um, you know, visual cues for people to kind of pick up on seeing your either ads or seeing your regular organic posts. And, you know because it's highly visual people often don't read the, the captions it's not really like the primary way of, of you know messaging but yeah. The, yeah. the captions are obviously important but at the same time you know you get two different interaction levels as well people on Instagram are more I guess convertible you know what I mean as opposed to like Facebook Facebook is a little more conversational and, and people just kind of look and you know, They don't necessarily do too, too much on Facebook unless you really have a great offer, you know.
1: That's what's up. That's what's up. So when it comes to music and marketing music, um, in your opinion, what do you think is like one of the most challenging things amongst, you know, musicians, producers, artists?
0: Um, I would say getting out of their own way. You know, Mm -hmm. I think as far as music marketing goes, I think people overdo it. When they do it, or they underdo it, when they just don't bother at all, and they just employ and you know, I'm starting to get kind of even sick of my, you know, hearing myself talk about it. But the whole like spam inboxing, like oh, o- yeah. all, all that comment like you know, comment spamming, you know, inbox spamming, all that garbage. I don't know, man. I guess it works for somebody because people still doing it. I just can't really call it. I think it's yeah. Yeah.
1: like some 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 people. I, I, and I guess some people think it's it's promotion, quote unquote, like oh, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. I'm doing whatever I got to do. You know, hopefully they'll see it like when I'm, there has to be some type of line that's drawn between spamming links and promoting yourself. Like, where is that? Where's the line? Like, how do you know if you're spamming? How do you know if you're just reaching out to somebody to share your dope music that, you know, Well, so out of 10 is, right, 10 you know, right. that person I know. may not think is dope? <laughs> right. And
0: that, not only that, but here's the thing, right? So as a marketer, we're salespeople, right? I don't care what you market. I don't care. You're selling something, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, you're just like, what, a non-profit? I mean what like you can't really justify using marketing and then not say that you're a salesman because what are you doing then so here's the line that you cross from being you know reaching out to being a spammer mm-hmm. first of all that line is when you said hopefully that's the line <laughs> if your marketing is based on hopefully Yeah, like we're all hopeful our marketing works, but my marketing (laughs) isn't based on well. Hopefully, like people will see it and like it. My marketing is based on well. Hopefully, they don't have 400 other things going on in their life, and hopefully, they have the time. You know what I mean? But I know who I'm marketing to, and so the algorithm. And here's the thing too: Facebook and Instagram are not social media platforms. Let's stop. Let's stop calling them that because that's not what Mm -hmm. they are. Wow. They're they're data mines. Yeah. They mine data. They coll- all this, like you know, all this information we give them voluntarily goes into a gigantic database, where they say, okay, you know, Clinton did this, this, and this. So now, you know, Johnny schmoshmo Schmo wants to sell him a beat, and he's using our platform to advertise, and you know, hopefully, like, you know, and, well, not, I'm sorry, not hopefully, but. But rather, hopefully, he's available to see it as opposed to he, hopefully he likes this music or whatever. Because again, you need to understand that when you're marketing to people, you're a wasting your time and resource. B, you're probably going to piss the person off and get negative feedback if that person doesn't a want to see your content. Like, why mm-hmm. are you? Why are producers showing other producers beats? <laughs> and not is necessi- too- yeah and not necessarily to be like well I want like I want feedback well if you want feedback hit me up and say hey man I'm so-and-so and don't make it a canned message you know just be a human being and connect and say hey I'm so-and-so I'm from blah 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 and this yeah. is what I do and you seem to be like you know you got to kiss a little ass because if you're asking somebody for a favor who doesn't know you you right. need to kiss a little ass I'm not don't go you know getting on your knees but you know, hey, listen, I like what you do, blah, 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 and I was wondering if you could review some of my tracks and give me your professional opinion. Bro, 94 out of 10 times I will tell them yes. Like, I, because I respect that. Like, if you're going to exactly. take the time and say, hey, man, how you doing? What's happening? What's happening? Like, let me connect with you on a human level, and then I'm going to ask you for a favor when we've built some type of rapport. Now, flip side to that is people who just copy-paste an entire—and you know it's copy-paste because, like, dude, you're not putting all those emojis, and you're not putting all those <laughs> links in every time. Like, we—I no. I get it. And so when you're doing that, what you're basically saying is, like, I'm not going to give you the decency of, like, talking to you and treating you like a human being. I'm just going to expect you— to do whatever I ask you to do, like my music, follow me, whatever. But mm. but then if I don't like trap music, or not to say I don't, but like if I don't like trap, or I don't like this, or I'm not even the singer or rapper, why the hell are you wasting your time on me? Like why are you? Just because I'm in the music business, I'm already gonna just be ready to just listen to your music and exactly
1: just on standby waiting. Yeah, like I'm to stop in. Wait.
0: <laughs> Let me stop what I'm doing and listen to your music. Like that's just that's what they're asking people to do. It's the same yeah. thing. Is in New York City when you're in your wherever big city, LA, New York, Miami. Somebody walks up to you in the street with dirty ass headphones that've been on like 400 people's ears. Terrible. Talking about listen to my mi- mixtape and, and then buy it from me. And it's like, dude, I don't even like. I don't. I don't want yeah. to. I don't want to listen to it. I just don't.
1: <laughs> right. I don't care. Yeah. I,
0: I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna walk away. So that's, that's not the what line I'm here for it. The line is basically when you, you know, when you don't know exactly who you're gonna reach out to, that's the line. When you gotta hope, you know, like when you gotta live on a prayer, then that's the line. You wanna make sure you know what you're doing before you start, you know, making people angry. I mean, if that's yeah. your goal, then that's fine. It must be working for you then. But I don't think that's the goal.
1: Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean, especially, I mean, with you being a professional marketer, like you don't wanna approach. Mike Epps and be like hey I just ran these ads I hope somebody watches them and and likes right. them or you know what I mean like well, I you, you, gotta, you have to be specific you have to be strategic and purposeful and, and everything and um I think the approach man the approach matters too like I mean, I get, I get links now where there's no introduction. It's just the link, like, and I'm supposed to know what this link is and what to do like, with it. What
0: like, do you want me to do? And that's what I always ask. I'm like, <laughs> dude, what do you want me to do? And I get I get called an asshole, and I get called all these things. Oh, why, why you got to be like that? I just, you know, I'm just trying to promote my music. It's like, bro, like, look, I could just completely ignore you, or I could teach you something that, you know, and maybe I'm high, I'm like high and mighty on my own, like, you know, high horse, but... Mm-hmm. I feel like you know they did this to me. That's how I learned. I was basically, you know, taught by people that didn't care about my feelings and emotions, exactly. and, and just wanted me to learn. And I'm thankful for it because if I don't, if I don't stop you from doing what you're doing, you'll or you take, yeah, you'll keep doing it. But in, but then if like I tell you something and you take it as like an insult, like oh I know what I'm doing, eh, eh. no you don't. But then again, right. it's like I'm not gonna fight with you again, you know, about what you're doing. So if you don't want my opinion, that's fine. I don't care. But it's yeah. just. You know, don't get mad when somebody who knows what they're talking about gives you an opinion. Be thankful, or don't. I mean, you know, this is it. it all goes to your character, but yeah. Again, yeah. I mean, I just don't know what to do when you send me a link. I don't really know who it's from or what it's about. I don't
1: know what to do with it. I know what to do now. I just hit delete, man. I right. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We I mean, waste time, but I mean, I find that. If you're if you're the type of producer, type of artist or whatever who who's open to constructive criticism, who's open to to learning something new and admitting, okay, I I probably did this wrong, like, you know, I appreciate the advice, I appreciate the feedback. You're going to go a lot further in your career than being that person who's just stubborn, you can't you're you're just unteachable. Um, yeah, you're, you're just going to remain stagnant and you'll probably be spamming links for the rest of your career until you decide to give up. This is like a, and the funny thing is, is this is
0: a tech industry. I don't care how you spin music. It's a tech based industry. We work with Mm. technology. You know, we, we deal with tech every day in our studios, even on social media, you're still dealing with technology because you want to understand how social works. And you want to understand like when things happen and how they happen and why they happen because if you don't, I, like I see a lot of people, and here's the thing too, you know I see a lot of people using social completely wrong, and it's wrong not because you know they're not posting the right, you know, material or whatever. They could be posting the right, the right material, right content, but mm-hmm. they're just doing it completely wrong. Meaning that like they're treating their personal profiles, not your business profile, but personal. As a business page. And they do all their marketing off of that. Well, you know what Facebook is doing now? They're banning people for that. Really? Yeah. And the reason for it is Facebook has an ad platform. They want you to put all your marketing crap on the ad platform. Because the ad platform knows when to show what to who. So it's not, it's all about user experience. All of it. In every industry, it's all about the user experience. Now, granted, if you you know deliver frickin' dirt to construction sites, but even then, you want to make sure that you deliver it to the right place, and you have you know what I mean. So everything that you have in your business that is you know relying on a customer to do something is you know, driven by customer satisfaction. So if you don't deliver your messaging to your customer at the right time, when they're most likely to read it, when they're most likely to click on your link, load your landing page, read your content on the landing page, sign up for your email list, blah, blah, blah. If you don't give them the right content at the right time, Mm -hmm. it's just spam. It's nothing but spam because I don't go on Facebook to to see your mixtape promotion. That is not what I'm there for. Right. It's interruptive. It's disruptive. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me unhappy. You know what I mean? But if I, if, if I just went and listened to, I don't know, like whoever's mixtape and then somebody that's like them, Places an ad and I see that ad, well, chances are I'm not going to be that upset. But if some random rapper I never deal with, but he's added me on Facebook to just have me see his post, drops a bunch of spam on the timeline and I'm scrolling through and it's like, yo, listen to my mixtape, but it's just, it's disruptive. It's unnecessary. So people need to start learning how to use the ad platform before they lose their whole privilege of of even being on the social platforms like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that would suck, definitely. So um, I guess... It, Kind of going in a different direction. We, we've been speaking a lot about you know ads and paid ads on Facebook and Instagram. So what if a, a producer is not at that place to, I guess, consistently invest money into paid ads? Like, what other ways or other forms of marketing or advertising can they do to to start building momentum and and kind of getting their name out there? Well, first of all, people don't realize like you're
0: saying if they don't have the money to to use ads, like. Mm-hmm. I know some people don't have the the budgets, but like you as a producer could run five ten dollar a day, advertising or whatever like five dollar a day. Mm -hmm. It might not be as effective, but you're still gonna reach thousands of people more than you would click baiting or, or, or or. you know hitting people with spam links and all that stuff because it's just this just the way that the algorithm works you have an automated thing that shows your ad to the right people as opposed to you going click hey what up you know copy paste and mm. then get yelled at and you know move on to the next person just it so it doesn't cost that much to advertise because a lot of people that i know spend that much money on weed booze cigarettes mm. and other bs so if you're not going to be willing to to sacrifice then i would say the next best thing would be to probably do a lot of events, you know, which again costs money. But I mean, that's you. This is a, this is a business with a barrier to entry. If yeah. you can't get over the barrier, you're not gonna get into the business. I, I hate to put it that way, but you know, you have to spend money to make money in this business. Otherwise, you won't even be let in. But okay. going to a lot of events is cool. Doing live shows is cool. Doing a lot of. Um, Uh, Doing collaborations with other producers is super important because they have an audience. You have an audience You're offering their audience, you know something and you're letting them offer your audience something. It's it's a nice little like cross-promotion thing that you could do Um, I would also, you know, I would hit up bloggers even though now it's a little more difficult as far as blogging goes because You know, but here's the thing too. A lot of people want to go to the biggest blogs. Two dope boys, you know, they want to go and and get their music on the front page of that. Like, dude, good luck. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, start. Start start somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Million bloggers out there, million blogs that would love to feature your music, especially if you have, you know, dope cover art. If your music's mixed and has appeal to their audience, and you can't go to like. A rock blog if you're a rapper and you can't go to a classical music blog. You know, you gotta find the right blogs, but once you do, then you'll be able to utilize that to, you know, and and you gotta do them favors and you gotta, you know, it's it's a kind of a quid pro quo industry. Yeah. Nobody's gonna give you anything for free. So be prepared for that. But offer some kind of thing in return.
1: Mm -hmm. People will love you for it. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely got to give value, man. Like, I think a lot of people miss that, that concept, even when reaching out to people is, you know, just to take, take, take. But it's like, yo, you gotta, you gotta have the the mindset of like, what can I do to help you? Like, what can I do for you? Um, You know, to, to just add value to whatever you're trying to do. If you bring, yeah,
0: if you bring value to anybody that you're asking a favor from, like I was actually taught one of my, um, one of my mentors slash bosses, and I was like blessed to work for a bunch of millionaires and kind of mm-hmm. be like, you know, not have a whole lot of like bureaucracy in between the, the top boss and then, you know, the level I was at. So there was a lot of like co-mingling with the owner who had, you know, a ton of money, made a, a fortune and, you know, worked his ass off. And so I yeah. learned a lot and... You know, a lot of it was basically like never ask anybody for a favor that requires them to do everything. You know, meaning that like if you're going to be the one benefiting, mm. you might as well not even ask, you know, or at least like promise and be sincere about returning that favor. But if you're asking people to help you because you're desperate, that is like not the right time to start asking people for help. That's your way, <laughs> pa- you're way past the time you should have started. Yeah. You know, because I mean, it people, seems like. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, was going to say it's it's like a charity thing that, you know, not that people don't want to be charitable, but like, you know, if you come to me and you say, yo, man, like I'm about to get evicted and da 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 and this and that, I need, you know, $1,500. And and you're like, dude, like for the past month I saw you do nothing but like ch- chill playing video games or whatever, exactly. smoking weed. Like not the right time. But if you came to me and you're like, bro, listen, I got all this, da 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 all I'm missing is like. You know, and by doing this, I'll be able to blah, blah, blah. And then I could return it to you or I could do you a favor in return. It's a business. Like we, we, anytime you ask somebody for a favor, it's got to be treated as a business. And if, if you ask somebody for any favors and they feel like they're just giving, 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 well, how do you think that's going to play out? You know what I mean? So
1: the value has to be there for them too. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like people, people like to help people who, are trying to help themselves, man. Like, always, like you always. said, dude, like nobody's going to reach out and extend their hand and your work ethic sucks. Like you're not doing anything to, <laughs> to, to you, get to the next you, level. And then it's my
0: problem that you're getting like evicted or whatever your exactly. issue may be. Now I got to yeah. feel bad. So now you're making me feel guilty on top of it. And that's the <laughs> wrong time to ask for favors when you just made somebody feel guilty. They yeah. may help you, but that's going to be the last time they help you. And that's not... Yeah, and it puts it
1: puts a sour taste in their mouth. Like. I
0: posted, yeah, I posted something the other day. I really like it. it wasn't my, you know, I I stole it from somebody. I don't want to claim like I invented it, but mm-hmm. I, I heard a I heard a um a saying. It basically said, "Don't burn bridges unless you could walk on water." Wow, you know what I'm saying? And it was yeah. just like, I ah, see, like, <laughs> and it was it was just mainly like, and not necessarily burn bridges, like you know, screw people over, but like. You know, you have a bridge, which is a connection with people. And if you burn it by, you know, showing somebody how irresponsible you are and how, like, unprepared you are for the real world, people are going to be like, bro, you're too much. Like, I can't, like, I'm an adult and I have kids and family and I can't, like, give you anything, you know, in the, the matter of what you're asking for. Right. Just on, like, unless I'm built for that. But, I mean, most people aren't. And so if you're asking somebody for a big favor because you're unprepared, that's probably going to be a problem, you know what I'm saying, it's not going to be, so it's just better to be always prepared and always plan for the future, yeah. and it's like the grasshopper and the ant, you know what I mean, like, you want to make sure you're not just playing the whole summer, you're just preparing for the winter time, you know what I mean, so. There you go, man. Ants are
1: some diligent workers. I know that. you're an ant. you're an ant. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, literally aunt. literally I'm that's man. exactly what I'm, I'm an Anthony man. so exactly yeah. literally <laughs> so, that's, so that's that's
0: that's kind of what I was getting at is basically like you know, don't like always be working, always be marketing and always you know always stay consistent and don't fall back and just pretend like everything is going to be all right maybe it's a pessimist in me saying it but like the optimist in me knows that you know everything will be all right when you
1: work for it and and exactly. did everything you could you know that's it man that's it man that's legit so so like what mistakes do you see and we we probably mentioned a few of them already but like what mistakes do you <laughs> see a lot of producers and artists making you know when it comes to marketing whether it's through paid ads whether it's um, through you know the content they post like what do you what are like the top two to three that you see not stage-wise. knowing not knowing your audience so
0: for example there was an um one, you know one of the producer homies of mine on Facebook that I kind of deal with and you know good kid never asked for anything never you know always grinding i shouldn't see his ads for beat sales because I'm a producer. Wrong audience. You didn't target correctly. You know what I mean? That's And it's costing him. Every time I see his, his ad impression, the impression is when your ad gets placed on the timeline. And every time they place it on my timeline, he pays. So why is he paying for me to see his ads when I'm never gonna buy a beat from him, right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is, is they do it for like three days and then they stop and say Facebook sucks and doesn't work because they haven't they haven't reached any conclusion. They haven't gotten the goals that they were going for. And so automatically it sucks and it doesn't work. And it's a ripoff. And I see people talking about it all the time and I wanna jump in and like be like, what are are you kidding me? Like, you know, show them like my my profit statement from Facebook, what we've made, you know, and I don't care if it's my personal business or you know my company that I work in North American. I mean, right. we spent last, but well, last season I spent some around like seventy-seven thousand dollars on advertising, wow. and brought back now. Now I'm not saying this is profit, and I'm not saying this is right. like. I just say as far as putting in and taking out, and then what my boss does with it is his business. But I put in seventy thousand, we got back four hundred seventy. Wow. So, granted, it's a famous you know person being promoted. It's a concert ticket. It's not the same as selling beats, mm-hmm. but it works. Facebook works, and so yeah. you have you have to a know your audience. B you have to give it some time to do what it needs to do, and you know a lot of people just keep touching their ads and keep tweaking it and it keeps resetting that learning phase, so it never works for them. And then the last thing I would say is they put no effort into like the offer. Mm. And they think, they think, um, they think of themselves first. So whenever I place ads, I always think about my customer first. I always think of like solving their problems, fixing, you know, whatever they're going through that they may need help with, as opposed to like how do I sell whatever, you know? Because when you do that, you start to actually just focus on what works for you, and you completely disregard what works for everybody else that you're trying to market to. And then what happens is, is when you do that, people don't necessarily identify with your messaging. So if you say like, you're like hey man, you know I'm, I'm selling this beat, but you're not pointing it at the right audience. Everybody seeing that post is gonna just walk right by it and scroll by it and just, you know. So if you target correctly and you say hey you know, hey MCs, like I'll always in the beginning of my post when I do advertising, when I write the actual like copy for the the post above the ad, Mm. I always I always call out my audience. So I'll always say like hey, you know, Houston comedy fans or hey stand-up fans or hey Mike Epps fans You know, so when you see that scrolling by, and you're a Mike Epps fan, you're gonna read that because it's calling you. It's like when you're in public and somebody goes, "Yo, aunt," you're gonna turn around. They might have not called you, they might have, "Yo, aunt," whatever, schmiegel down there, but you know, you still turn around because you're like, "Oh, okay, it's not me. All right, keep it moving." But they caught your attention. You know what I mean? So people don't do that very often that I see, and it's that's what hurts a lot of advertising and just in general marketing. People make mistakes of just not thinking far enough ahead there's no yeah. sequence there's no process you know so it's you got to have a
1: process yeah super super important yeah yeah i was uh i was on a i was on a webinar the other day and we were we were just talking about like the importance of processes and and like every everything you do like a process See, you know. and yeah. music production like I man, i'm telling you dude like it just makes everything go so much smoother you can work more efficiently and it's just everybody knows what's supposed to be done, when it's supposed to be done, and um, yeah, dude, processes are dope. Well, it's just like I was saying before with the whole, you know, with the whole GPS map
0: thing. Like, if you don't, I and mean, even forget all that, look at like any grocery store that you go into. Right mm-hmm. here's another great example of marketing genius. And it doesn't—you don't have to learn marketing from guys like me because I, you know, I. I do stuff in the music marketing. If you're trying to market, don't learn from people in your industry, go learn from people in other industries and bring that over. So you don't copy somebody else's marketing plan that like works in the same industry as you. Yeah. You know, but look at grocery stores. When you go into a grocery store, what happens? You don't get to just roam around aimlessly. They don't have things all over the place. They have a specific process and they've done, I can't even tell you how much research has gone into actually like, you know, placing and staging, you know, stores in general. So if you go into a grocery store, you always start at the produce because that's where usually people come in for. And then you shuffle people through aisle into aisle into aisle into aisle. And they got those end caps to have the impulse buys and everything. So. That's how I look at my marketing. I look at it like, what is the process? What happens when somebody like sees my initial post, I call it bait, you know? What what happens when people see my bait? What happens after that? What happens like when they see the bait and take it? Where do I take them next? Because people like processes, they love them, and they mm-hmm. respond to them. So if you have a great process, you're gonna succeed because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you, if you laid everything out and you ran the process and you could see that the process works, you present that to people, they're going to be amused. Like, oh man, he really went out of his way. Like he really, you know, laid it out. So it's digestible and it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's really, it's, you know, it works for what I need and it works for, you know, for me, as opposed to like people who just give you like, end offer, which is like, yo, buy my product. And you're like, yo, I don't know you. I've never met you. You haven't shown me what you're about. I don't trust you. It's just, it's just because you're online doesn't mean that it's not still like real world. You know what I mean? That's a mistake people make. They treat online as some kind of like other world that it's not.
1: Yeah. So that's interesting. Like as far as just like slowly reeling people in. So like when you're running ads is it safe to say, like, it's not always wise to just, you know, the, the one ad you create to just go for the hard sell? Like, is it more of a let's, well, the, let's introduce myself, let's get them comfortable so we can start to build this relationship and then at some point eventually sell? Like, is that is that yeah. your approach? Well, it's kind of like this. Like, anybody that
0: gets to know you, right, anybody mm-hmm. that that, you know, you encounter for the first time doesn't trust you, right? Mm-hmm. Because of so much scams and so much BS in, in, in the marketing world or otherwise, there's so much stuff that goes on that's negative that people have a connotation to either ignore completely like your marketing plans and your, your strategy, right. or they take it with skepticism. And the problem there is you have to sell them. And so what I learned in selling cars is you never sell your product. You sell yourself and then you sell the company. And once that happens, People buy from people they like, not from mm-hmm. people like like when you go buy a car, you don't buy a car because it's a car. You buy because the salesman did his job. Yeah. You could go anywhere and buy that same car. You could go to four different you know dealerships in your immediate area probably and find that same exact car and one like it, so you don't have to buy it wherever you're at. But if right. the salesperson does his thing and makes you feel <clears throat> informed, comfortable, happy, blah, 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 then you'll buy because you like the salesman. And I used to sell cars, you know, when I was on and on point and I was feeling it, you couldn't stop me when I wasn't feeling it. And I wasn't being like I couldn't sell, you know, water to a thirsty person. So, (laughs) you know, it's just like it's so it really comes down to like you as a salesperson and what you're capable of achieving in, in your sales presentation. You know what I mean? So it's it's one thing to say, you know, you should never do a hard sell. It's not necessarily true because you could only have one opportunity to sell. You know, mm-hmm. so you may have to go for the hard sell, but usually on Facebook, hard sales don't work. I wouldn't even waste time. I would just, and when I say bait, you want to give something of, of real value. It doesn't have to cost something to you. Like it could be like a, you know, a, a PDF that you created with a guide or, or, you know, some kind of a case study that shows, you know, a, a customer that's having the same problem that uh, you could yeah. solve that problem and you have solved that problem. And, <clears throat> And you've gotten, te- and then testimonials and stuff like that also help. You know, social right. proof. People doing videos saying, "Hey, man, I've worked with, with Clint. You know, he was dope. The music was on fire. Like everything was, you know." And then somebody that's gonna see that be like, "Oh, you know what? Like he's already had a positive experience with someone. I'm gonna give him a shot." Yeah. That's dope, man.
1: Like, legit, like, these are, like, life lessons, too, because – and gems, because it's the same way in in networking. Like, people don't like to work with people, like, they don't know or don't like. So it's just, like, you kind of have to build – Relationships with people in a genuine way, to where they like you as a person first, and then it's just like, okay, yeah, I would like to work with you. Like, not just come up to somebody randomly, like, hey, I'm Tim, I make beats, let's let's work, bro. Like and Yeah, and then a platinum <laughs> record comes out of that. Yeah, yeah. Look, exactly. if it was that,
0: if it was that easy, it wouldn't be worth anything. Exactly. Yep. And I tr- I treat money as a filter, and that's another thing I learned, you know, in my days of you know research and and, and marketing studies. People get mad when you tell them a price. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, they, they do. Or or people that are, <clears throat> are the ones offering the price get scared because they don't want to run the client off. Mm-hmm. And I, I always found that weird because if you tell somebody a price and they say no to you, then whatever, just keep it moving. Go find another customer. Yep. But but people treat it like, well, if I don't like close this deal, I'm gonna, something bad's gonna happen. But then they close a shitty deal and it has no benefit to them, and then they're like, "Oh, I closed the deal." No, you didn't. You just agreed to work for nothing. Like you right. agreed to work for for much lower rate than you normally go for. So like, it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to close every deal, but it does mean that you know you have to use money as a filter because you as a service provider, you know, you may you may approach a customer that is not willing to pay you ever. And what is the point of having him as a customer? It's a waste of time, man. Unless he offers something in return. Like if it's like Jay-Z or somebody and he's like, well, I'm not going to pay you, but I'm going to just put you on my, you know, I'll put you on the team or whatever. Then it's like, oh, okay, great. But if it's like Joe Schmo, then it's like, dude, I'm not going to make your career and get nothing out of it. This is not how it works. (laughs) You know? so. And you filter out the jokers and the people that don't want to pay when you hit them with the, with the number and they're like, oh, oh, oh. then the conversation's over. Great. Walk away as fast as you can. These people were never going to pay you. Exactly. Walk away. There's people man. that, and it's always like the people who don't pay you, who you end up working with that end up being your worst customers exactly. of all time.
1: <laughs> and, the Listen, people that, and the people
0: that pay you, like leave you alone, let you work.
1: Yep. That I've seen it personally, dude. Like when I, from when I first started producing, and then I went, I went through a phase where like one of my mentors told me, he's like, "Bro, you need to like increase your prices like dramatically," and um, and I did, and like the level of clientele that you get from doing that is just. It's like why didn't I do this sooner, man? Like a,
0: a Ferrari F- Ferrari doesn't sell their cars for twenty thousand dollars. That's Ford prices. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people that buy Fords don't go into a Ferrari dealership. Yeah. They don't waste that salesman's time because, you know, you have to run a credit check to drive a Ferrari. Like <laughs> yeah. you can't just ask for a test drive. They won't <laughs> give you one and they'll walk you out of the dealership. I've had people like tell me, oh, I just went to test drive a Ferrari. Did you? No. Well, I didn't think so. Like, they're not (laughs) not giving you a $150,000 car to just drive around. So that keeps those people out of your dealership. But if you're a, you know, if you sell beats for $20, if you do leases, what kind of clientele do you think is going to approach you? It's Mm -hmm. not going to be professionals. They don't care about money. Money has never been something that stopped me from closing a deal. I get more money and it's easier for me to close the client with more money than it is to close a client with less money. Why right. is that? Man, yeah. yep. It seems yes. like, it's, it seems like to me that a lot of people just, it, it's again, it's laziness and it's like that fear of failure. And I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm definitely afraid of failure, but I'm I'm not afraid to actually go through it. Like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with it, but I go through it frequently. And I'm okay with it because it teaches me stuff. But people don't want to learn that. They don't want to learn that lesson that if you don't put work and effort into something, even if it's learning how to close customers, it's never going to amount to you being successful because nobody... There's no easy baskets in this field anymore. You know what I mean? Like, people aren't just... Like, when I used to sell beats back in, like, 96, 97, 98, mm-hmm. you know, people were paying me 250 a beat, like, easy. And I like I made it on the Motif without even mixing the shit. It was just, like, <laughs> it was a quick little, like, mix on the on the faders on the Motif, eight or seven, and then I dumped it into Nuendo, and then single track dump, and then, like, did, yeah. there you go. That was your beat, you know what I mean? <laughs> and people paid me $250 for that, you know? Yeah. And then everybody started making beats, and it kind of that shit to bed but the more money more money like my, my clients now my web design the more money I charge now
1: the like the level of clientele is like through the roof man you know so. That's what's up, man. But well, look, man, I don't want to hold you too much longer. Nah, no, no, nah, it's a, all good. Busy guy, man. But um, let people know how they can get in touch with you to, you know, whether it's to book a consultation to, to dig some of the information that you're putting out for free on a, a oh, consistent yeah. basis, man. Just, just let the people know how they can get in touch with you. So
0: I'm on. I usually don't really do anything outside of Instagram, Twitter, and I'm not even on Twitter that hard. But I'm usually on on Instagram and Facebook at EQ Productions. That's spelled E C. C-U-E and the word productions with S on the end. Um, so you can find me on, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. You could also check out my website, which is www.eqproductions. Again, it's ecueproductions.com, um, and you could just jump on there, and I put a lot of articles on there. I put guides up there, you know, Facebook help, things like that. And I also offer, um, I offer consultations, which usually, you know, kind of – they deal with Facebook mostly because people want to learn how to advertise on Facebook. So what I do is, um, I'll you know you'll download like a, a, an app called TeamViewer, which allows me to remote desktop into your computer. So I mm-hmm. will basically take over your screen with your permission, of course, and right. and I go into Facebook advertise or the the Facebook ad manager and I create a campaign right in front of you so you could see. You know, and we talk on either Skype or whatever. And I create a campaign right in front of you to kind of show you how it all comes together, where what is, and how it all kind of works, so you're able to see it. And you could keep that campaign, and you could duplicate it, and you could do whatever you want with it, and run it however. Nice. And so you could go right to my website, and there's a, a button that you could just click, and you could schedule that right then and there. Um, and that's that's pretty much it, man. I don't sell drum kits. I'm not. I don't sell beats. I'm not that type of. You know, I'm not that type of producer. I do a lot of, you know, I do a lot of uh, placement stuff. Uh, do but it. otherwise, it's just, I don't really waste time on, on $20 beats. So, but hey, man, listen, yeah. I really, really, I, I know I'm returning you the favor that you've done me and been on my podcast. <laughs> I super appreciate it, man. You know, you're, you're dope. Like, I fuck with you heavy, like your, your music and everything you do is super dope. So I, I'm definitely going to put this up on my profile and share this with my audience as well, so they could come
1: check you out as well. Dope, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming through. And um, yeah, man, we'll be in touch, man. Definitely. Thank you for listening to the music is my business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit clintproductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.